Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, our whole team is back, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and me. Good morning. Hello there. We always love it. I feel like we're on a roll, actually. The last few episodes we've had, we've all been able to be together, which is nice. It helps. It it helps. Um, You can just kind of feel the energy Mm -hmm. as opposed to relying solely on your eyeballs on a screen to (laughs) kind of pick up where people are headed. So, yeah, Uh it's nice. It's just nice to be together. It is. It is. And here's the thing is I'm grateful because we have a really great working environment. We do. (laughs) Um, Not everybody has that. No. They don't. And uh, and that's kind of leading us into today's topic, talking about this idea of a toxic workplace. And uh, one of the things I think that really intrigued me through this, I was going through some different articles and it was this idea of like recovery from a toxic workplace. And it had never dawned on me that there's a recovery process that you have to intentionally go through to transition into a new career after leaving a toxic workplace until I realized that was the case with my experience. So let me mm-hmm. ask you all, have you been in toxic workplaces before? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Two come to mind right off the bat. Um, I have several that come to mind and places that I've worked with. But I've also, you know, when we we're asked to go in and do some training for organizations, I have come across some of them yes. as well. Um, yes. And so I can probably speak to both sides of that. What did you notice? Like going into those business? Oh, I want to see if my experience was you yours. Immediately know. Okay, yeah. so one time we went into this this agency, more of a public agency, and um, I was the first one there. And there was a um, a window at the end of the hallway with a person sitting there with a little circle of glass cut out in it. So I'm like, oh, that's how I need to go see. Is it? But but because they think I'm too stupid to know that, um, they painted little red footprints yeah. on the ground. And those footprints went up to a red line that was painted on the ground. And next to the red line grew a stop sign that said, stop, exclamation point, exclamation point. Wait until you're called. Not even please stop waiting until you're called. So I stop. I'm still the only person in this lobby. And this person behind the um, the window, she looks up to me and she, and then she goes immediately back to doing what she was doing. So she made eye contact with me and then went back to typing. And about, you know, another minute goes, by and then she says what do you want just Mm. just at that tone and i knew immediately that i was in this toxic kind of workplace yeah Yeah. i've been in that exact agency (laughs) um uh, we've done a lot of work for them in the past yes yes and when i was there the woman behind the glass was in spongebob square pants Um, jammy pants, oh, jammy wow. bottoms. Wow, okay. And this was long before we had been conditioned to work from home. I mean, we're talking, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, was this 10, 10, 10 years, years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I felt like if, if they're allowed to do that at work, there's a lot of other unprofessional behaviors probably going on. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately... The supervisor is not the one driving um, and setting those expectations. And so that just started the the idea that this this is more than just the woman in the window. This um, is very pervasive yeah, in yeah. the organization. And, you know, when it, when it happened to me, my, my blood just started boiling. You know how you get, you know, it, it, 
great way to start off a training day. Start off day. <laughs> uh, what was so funny, though, you know, looking back, is um, the the uh, what they asked me to come in and speak on uh, was dealing with angry customers. <laughs> <laughs> so, There's irony yeah, in that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we had a long talk that day about you know what's the first thing your customers see when they come into your place. Right, you know, right. How are they treated when they come into your place? Um, so yeah, we had a we had a long talk that day about about my observations anyway. Yeah. That's, that's one experience. Yeah. What about you, Brianna? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I guess I've been fortunate as far as the organizations I've been in as a trainer working for MTI. I haven't seen probably all that you have seen there, but I just go back to um, a couple different environments that I had been in previously. You know, I think I've shared on the episode before the conversation where people are pulling you aside, telling you that, you know, this is a basketball team and the the seniors don't like it when the freshmen outshine them and all of the separation that happened and the little clicks that occurred in the organization. Organization. And mm-hmm. um, and then in another place, uh, the micromanaging that was occurring from the supervisor and um, the types of conversations that were occurring in staff meetings that I felt were just highly inappropriate for the workplace uh, to a point where, I mean, I believe it could have been considered a hostile work environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so really just interesting things. I I think that's one thing when I consider toxic work environments, there is like no boundaries. Um, And and I say that in terms of of the boundaries that um, normalizing different kinds of processes, these kinds of conversations, normalizing um, the amount of work that you're supposed to do. Oh, you know, 50 hours a week. That's nothing. I did 60 last last week. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just really weird feelings. Yeah, I I see all kinds of different symptoms um, of toxic work cultures and and, uh, places like that. It's, um, you know, there's lack of trust, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that probably produces more. That is number one. Yes, right? I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you, you, um, you have to micromanage because you can't trust anybody getting anything right. done. Right. So, you know, which comes first, the trust or the, or the micromanagement. But, um, yeah, there's, you see that you see, um, a lot of blame being mm-hmm. tossed around from mm-hmm. one person to the next, uh, that kind of thing. So people don't necessarily take accountability for themselves or their decisions or their actions or, or what they're producing. So, um, it's easier just to blame other folks. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say it. I, I want to give an example and then I want to, um, share. So you were talking about this idea of trust. And when I was at a particular organization, cause there are many times you guys have heard me say it when I come back from being with a customer, not often, but coming in and just saying, oh, thank you. Thank you for being my people. (laughs) You know, like I can't imagine getting up and going to work in the place I was just at like yesterday. And and obviously they're bringing us in because they're wanting to get better and and do better. But that takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, So first of all, I'm always I come back. I'm like, oh, oh, thank goodness. You know, (laughs) I mean, doesn't mean we're perfect. Um, But oh, thank goodness. Um, But to that trust issue. um, So I'm at this this place and and we happen to be in a really tight room. It looked like it maybe it like it was a boardroom or just a conference room. It wasn't really a training room, you know, that we sometimes have. So we're all kind of lined up like little little minions around this table and, and not a lot of room. And I'm literally backed up against the wall. And of course, my screen is right beside me. 
And underneath the screen is a little console table with a little, uh, you know, plastic flower in it, you know, to bring some decor to this uh, this conference room. And I happened to, you know, as I backed up against the wall, I happened to look down into this flower and there was a baby monitor. <gasps> oh, my goodness. They were monitoring people. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I was brought in to talk to these people who aren't behaving, right, by, you you know, leadership brought him. Now, was leadership in the room? No. But the people were in the room and the baby monitor was. How inappropriate. And I just, well, okay, I turned it off. Oh, good. Yay. Good, um, right? <laughs> I just, you know, I was, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I was, I really was going, but I just thought, Gosh, they brought me in for my expertise in this area. That's the first thing that's going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about all of, you know, this lack of trust and this overmanagement or micromanagement, it is about weak leadership. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, right? It is. Over and over and over again. Um, it's the manager. It's it is. The leader. It's um, the examples that they're setting. It's the uh, style in which they are trying to influence their employees. Yes. And, you know, I get it. You you might be the best leader. You might have all of, uh, you know, demonstrating all of the characteristics we might associate with, you know, a great leader and still have a bad apple in mm-hmm. in the bunch. But as a strong leader, you do things to minimize their impact on the team or even to manage them out. Mm-hmm. Right. Or to develop them. Maybe they just aren't having their talents utilized. I still think it's the manager. Mm-hmm. Right. Man. Manage them up over or out. Well, essentially, it's their responsibility, right? If you want to talk about accountability, it's that's that group's leader is who's accountable for those kinds of environments. I think it's so interesting. And, and, you know, I'm I'm very seasoned in my delivery of supervisory certificate (laughs) series now. And, um, you know, as I think about this and, and I know that we talk day one about how the skill set and the mindsets are supposed to kind of shift when you move into this role of supervisor and manager. And it's really sometimes astonishing to me how much we don't see that, where we don't realize that that the sole job of you is to be people movers, mm-hmm. you know, when you become a, a leader, a right. supervisor, manager in an organization. Um, you know, we still want to treat people as if they're like the Excel prod, you know, processes that we have going on. We want to boss them around or we want to make it easy. Easy and and it's not. People are difficult, you know, and 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 it gets difficult, but it can be so rewarding when it's done the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Gallup came up with us came out with a survey, of course, right? Um, and they're in their research, only about ten percent of the people that are at work are born to be leaders. Only about 10 percent, you know, and and some people do just kind of have that natural, you know, it's just in their DNA, that people vision, that ability to manage both, you know, the technical aspects of the job as well as the people aspects of the job, because certainly leadership is more of an art than a science, but only about 10 percent of us, Mm -hmm. you know, and I say us, meaning whoever's in a leadership position, 
And the rest of us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, are having to acquire those skills and practice them intentionally. And so, yeah, there could be a, a lack of education or knowledge. However, it's not just shining the light on the skills that you need to be doing, but it's actually, when are you actually going to do those skills? Right. When are you going to feel the heat to make the changes right. that you know you need to be making? Right. And I'll tell you, that takes a lot of courage. It does take a lot of mm-hmm. courage. Yeah. A lot of intentionality as well. Absolutely. Right. A lot of Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have to start in one place. And of course, that's within the heart and mind of the leader. Mm-hmm themselves mm-hmm. that that I can do better or this can change. Um, and if you can't believe it, I promise you, you won't achieve it. Mm-hmm. Well, when we're considering that and, you know, we're, we're processing through, we've mentioned a few different things now when we consider this toxic work environment. Are there other things that, you know, people should be kind of kind of be looking out for in their workplaces right now? And I, I like to think that there's a shift. So let me be clear, even though we're kind of focusing in on this, this toxic workplace element, I do want to give credit where credit is due and those organizations that are really trying to rebuild the culture that may have been established long before they became supervisors or leaders there. But I think it's important for us to kind of be aware of what's going on uh, so that we as employees don't get burnt out. So what are some other things to think about in these toxic workplaces? What are some other signs that, that might demonstrate a toxic workplace? Well, I think you see a lot of disengaged employees, mm-hmm. right? Even even maybe employees that used to be, you know, your rock star employees, uh, maybe at one time are now maybe disengaged. You know, um, I would want to take a look at things like turnover, um, mm-hmm. how many times people are calling out, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not coming into work, um, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but there's just there, there's probably no time for development, you know, mm-hmm. so there's no work uh, to improve or anything like that. Uh, but it's just a lot of disengaged employees f- from my perspective. Yeah, I think, you know, with that being said, you know, things that we wouldn't normally or, or behaviors that we wouldn't normally enact with, let's say, you know, our friends or, um, you know, people outside of that work environment. So mm-hmm. if we act differently in a different environment than we act at work. And and I mean, from an interpersonal thing, you know, if, if you were like, oh, I, you know, I would tell my friend if she didn't look great in those jeans, you know, but oh, I never say anything at work. That should be a clue that, hmm, boy, if you can't feel safe right. to mm-hmm. say, you know what, something's up or, oh, I thought we thought, you know, agreed it was going to be turned in on Thursday or whatever. Um, Sorry, I, you know, and, and you can't bring yourself to have those kinds of aha discussions. Um, That should tip your hat. That's, that's, that's a good symptom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that you hit the nail on the head there. I think the main, when we consider this and you think of, of a toxic workplace, the very first terminology that comes to mind with me is, is psychologically unsafe. Like yeah. you feel psychologically unsafe yes. being you. Yes. Yeah. There. Yeah. Can't make a mistake. Right. You know, so then you start covering everything up or that's where the blame comes in or the lack of accountability. You're very strategic about what information you share. You Absolutely. Know, you document mm-hmm. everything. You, um, you know, want to have your ducks in a row just in case something happens. So mm-hmm. yeah, no recognition, no recognition. not even when somebody does something great, yeah. right? We just kind of gloss over it, uh, you know, or maybe, you know, well, that that's what they should be doing or, you know, so I, we don't say, Ooh, 
wait, I screwed up. Hold on. <laughs> Hold mm-hmm. on. That was on me. And, you know, I, I that sounds very familiar to myself because um, I do that. Um, so but when so we're not even helping one another when they are succeeding. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. So let's take a look at this maybe from two different points of view then now that we've kind of yeah. described what this is. But, you know, as an employee walking into a toxic culture, what are your options? What do you do? And then I want to take a look at it as, you know, as maybe a new leader coming into a toxic workplace uh, that's maybe a member before, what can you do to kind of turn that around, mm-hmm. right? So let's maybe start with the employee perspective. And I'm going to back that way up. Okay. Um, and I'm going to encourage people when you're looking for a job mm. um, that you do your homework. Right. That's a great idea. Really, right. really, really do your homework. Come up with some questions to interview them. You know, so make some of those preemptive, you know, um, um, duties before you even accept. And I'll share a tip that my aunt um, told me. And of course, I, I get it. Times have changed a little bit. We do way more, you know, electronically or just, you know, submit this, you know, through the portal and then you might get a phone call. But one of the things that she told me to do and, you know, at first I'm like, OK, you know, that's just my <laughs> my auntie. Um, she's like, show up really early or on a day you're not supposed to show up and sit in their lobby. Mm-hmm. And just watch. Like, would we have seen that woman treat Dewey yeah. like she did mm-hmm. just by sitting there five minutes early? Right. Mm-hmm. And then be right. like, is that a coworker I want to work beside? Right. And if that's allowed to happen, is that a boss I want to work for? So I, I say, first of all, <laughs> you know, do your homework. If you're in that position where you're looking for employment, um, you know, do your due diligence, mm-hmm. do your due diligence. And yeah. I, I always ask, you know, well, why did so-and-so leave? Or I remember asking Dewey when I applied for this job decades ago, you know, why did she not accept the position? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. Because you didn't apply until the second round until we right. ended up the second time. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so why didn't she want it? You offered it to her and why, you know, so you got to. And I came in with a laundry list of questions, didn't I? <laughs> you did. Um, and you asked a lot of really good questions because you asked not only about the expectations of the job itself, but you you asked a lot of questions about our culture. You asked a lot of questions about um, what's it like to work here? Um, what's a typical day when everybody's in the office like? Um, I mean, you asked some yeah. pretty good questions. And you can Google that stuff. It's, I, I didn't, you know, Absolutely. craft it out of my own head. You know, I guess uh, I would also say before, you know, is that... Sometimes in a toxic work environment, I think employees kind of don't realize their power or they kind of have a sense of they kind of lose their sense of power um, over themselves. And so, you know, sometimes they have to have a hard um, uh, take a hard look within. Is this an environment that I want to remain in? You know, because they do have the option of leaving. um, and I and I know that that's sometimes difficult. Right. You know, you might be in a more rural community and the, that job might be about the only, Absolutely. you know, uh, family uh, way, way, to, way to support your family is maybe a job like that. So sometimes people feel really, really stuck. Hmm. But, wow, I, I would just encourage them to really dig deep and think about, you know, um, um, you know, is it time to get out? 
Is right. it time to get out? Are there other opportunities out there for me? And I really appreciate you saying that because I, you know, I think as we're considering this, we're talking about, you know, maybe looking for, for work and, and, and analyzing where you might go. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to pause and to analyze where are you currently at? Mm-hmm. Because we may be so knee deep into this muck and murk right. um, that we don't even realize it. And I, yes. looking back, and I've actually I said this to one of my friends recently, uh, who I'd worked with at this one organization. And uh, I, I said, you know, it was like I had rose colored glasses on. Everything was fine while I was there. Outside looking in is very different. Mm-hmm. Um and so really just giving yourself that pause and analyzing what are some of these things. That's why I thought very helpful to kind of give some of those symptoms mm-hmm. of a toxic workplace because you may not know you're actually in it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're so uh, I, I think of it like that cartoon, you know, where the frog is sitting in the pot of water and then, <laughs> you know, the fire is lit under. And as the water gets hotter, the frog acclimates. And then before you know it, yeah, the frog is in boiling water, right? Right. So, but it just happened incrementally or, you know, like you said, you're so entrenched. Um, You know, so a couple of things come to mind, you know, from the employee standpoint. And like you said, Dewey, when they don't feel like they have a lot of power, um, it starts with the only thing you can control and that's yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so let's say staying is, is the choice. I've made that. It is the choice right now. Um, And we teach people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And so what vibes, what energy am I giving out that's creating more of this toxicity impacting you? Right. And so thinking about what are my boundaries? What am I willing to do? Um, You know, kind of that risk reward type, you know, analysis, because right now um, it's an employee driven um, workspace. And so really examining, you know, like how how are we teaching our colleagues to treat us? Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be the, the first thing. And then examine your own motives. You know, so if you are found, you know, you're swept up in this toxic environment and you're, you know, wanting to put the baby monitor in there, you know, what is motivating you to do that? Where's that coming from? Right. Um, and really stop and think about your own motivations um, and, and commit to your happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if you if you don't believe it, you won't achieve it because for the most part, everybody's just doing the best that they can. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when that's kind of the the program that's running in the background, um, when you're looking at your colleague or when you're looking at your boss and just be like, oh, wow, you know, she's doing the best job she can, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing I would say from an employee point of view is I know that it's sometimes difficult to make that decision. Do I stay or do I go? But, you know, imagine the possibilities. That would be another Mm -hmm. piece of advice that I would offer up there. You might not feel that there's another place for you. You might not think that there's another place for you, but maybe we just haven't looked hard enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, 
I think about you as an example of this because, you know, before you came to MTMI, you told me this story about how um, you weren't in a necessarily in a good place. And so you brainstorm what do what kind of a place do I want to work? Yes. In? How, mm-hmm. how? And so you envision for yourself, you know, what that culture looked like or what the kind of work was that you wanted yes. to do. Um, and so and that's then what yes. you set out to search upon. Yes. So um, even though you might not feel that there's other opportunities out there for you, take this time um, to imagine for yourself a different future. Absolutely. Uh, someplace else. So. That's another piece of advice I'd give there. You know, we talked about having courage mm. um, earlier, and I think whatever side you're you're on, you know, coming into it or you're already in it or you're leading through it, a candid conversation is the really the only way to open yeah. the dialogue. And from a leader's perspective, you know, you kind of have to get over yourself, right? And you kind of have to make peace with the idea that you know what, this ain't going so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And my job is to get work done through others. And so I'm in the people business. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the paperwork business, the numbers business, the, you know, fabric out the door business. I'm in the people business. Mm -hmm. And I think it really starts with a conversation, a very candid conversation after you have that with yourself that just says, what are you feeling here? Mm -hmm. Something's not right. And what could I be doing better? And you ask it of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember approaching that with a, a leader at a conference and, you know, he was like, I would never do that. And I said, you're assuming they don't already know what you're not doing. You know, like, <laughs> what are you trying to hide here? They're the first people that figured out what you don't know. Right. You know, you're the one you're the last one on the bus. Um, so why why not just bring it up? I mean, sometimes one question melts away all of the hostility, the contentment, the anger, right? Mm-hmm. By just saying, oh my gosh, what what have I done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when other people get real angry, you should really, re- you know, when they get furious, you remain curious, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think also about because we see this oftentimes too, new leadership is brought in to kind of clean up the mess. Mm. Um, it's like trainers. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Fix it. Fix it. Yeah. Three it. hours um, to fix but, what's going um, on for seven know, years. They, they often have that. And so I, I think a lot of what you're talking about, about that level set, right? You know, I, I'm a new leader. Things are going to be different around here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but also you have to demonstrate what you're talking about with them, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're painting a rosier picture where everybody's going to be a lot more, um, you know, trustworthy and uh, things are going to change around here. We're going to help each other and we're going to look out for one another. That's great. But you know what? You better be showing that yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as a leader. You better be demonstrating those kinds of behaviors. Yeah. And whether you're new to the environment, which I think is what you were talking about, or you're new to the mindset, mm-hmm. because, you know, it Friday ended and it sucked. I'm just going to say it. And Monday morning, you're like, no more, mm-hmm. you know, you, you reset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I know we've spoken of, of Patrick Lencioni's book before the five dysfunctions of a team, but it's told as a narrative, watching a leader and she is new. She's not only new to the industry, she's new to the team, um, but coming in and it's her story, mm-hmm. um, 
um, working through these five dysfunctions. Now, she is a capable leader, and that's mm-hmm. why she was brought in. Um, but you can see how disciplined and committed she is. Mm-hmm. And some people stay and some people go. And some people move within the organization. Um, but if you're – and it's an easy read, like, oh, yeah. you easy. know, a night and a next morning kind of book. Um, yeah, but I love how it's told. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, another one out there that um, recently, you know, came to my attention that I've read and, again, has the same narrative approach, not just a manual, is um, Energy Leadership. Mm-hmm. By Bruce uh, Bruce Schneider, mm, great. and so he also works with uh, the owner of an organization that's really struggling mm. and very toxic. Mm-hmm. And um, so, two two great books I mm. would recommend. Yep, wonderful, wonderful. So, I as I kind of think through this, and I'm I'm considering this toxic environment. And I I, tend, I told you at the beginning I was intrigued by this concept because the recovery aspect, right? It hadn't. So let's talk a little bit about that, I guess. When you are trying to, um, you've decided I got to leave and now I'm moving forward into something new. What were some things, I'm going to ask you all this because, um, you know, I think that there was some things that I was still holding over from some of my past toxic environments. What were some things that you had noticed that I struggled with when I first started? Not asking for help. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not asking for help yet asking for permission to do everything. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, well, of, of course you can do that. You know, I was like, oh, my goodness. And then it dawned on me the environment you had come from. And I was like, well, that makes sense. That makes sense why she would ask to do something that in my mind is like, of course, you're a grown woman. You know, you have the the the, the right and, and the. I saw a lot of protective behaviors. Um, in terms of trying to protect your time, protect your um, boundaries, you know, uh, and, and that kind of thing. Not letting people in, you know, not so vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. Well, and it's interesting because I found that there were things and uh, just kind of talking about that recovery process again. I see it now. I didn't see it yeah. at the time. It is, it's it's PTS. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And so finding that closure with like what has ended and what is starting anew, um, but also being aware of what was it that really triggered some of all of those feelings. So for me to enter into my shell and be as protected and for me to always be asking for permission, what was it? And being able to realize that's not a tr- that that's not occurring here. Now, you might have something that feels like it. Maybe a meeting, you know, you start feeling like I think we even had a conversation one time, right? There was something I was like, I don't know. This feels like I'm being micromanaged. And <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. It was my perspective of it because it felt something had triggered that feeling again that brought me back to what I had previously experienced. So find your closure, figure out what those triggers are control what you can control. What other thoughts do you have when you consider what worked for you all exiting your toxic work environment? I think giving yourself some grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully you're moving into a space that allows you, you know, to recover, if you will, Um, because it is it it. It really is. I mean, it was it's traumatic to come out of a toxic environment and then, of course, leaping into another work environment Mm -hmm. and thinking the same rules apply. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're so conditioned. Um, You know, like if I hear that word, this is what's going to happen. So, you know, and and the walls go up. I guess the other thing I would probably suggest is 
you know, there's power for you in forgiveness of others and letting mm-hmm. that go so that you don't necessarily keep bringing those past experiences up into a new kind of work environment. So letting go of, you know, whoever did you wrong, whoever was responsible for the toxic environment or, um, you know, that kind of thing, being able to kind of just let go of that, um, um, I think is important, especially once you leave, (laughs) you know, and being able to let go of it. Yeah. I mean, it's human nature to, you know, be aware of those red flags so that you're already in a protective stance. Mm. I mean, that, that makes that makes perfect sense from a human perspective. But you're right, that that forgiveness of others and not, you know, well, this guy's a boss and this guy's a boss, so they must boss the same way. And mm-hmm. I use that word right. you right. know, very not literal, but um, yeah. yeah, they they fit in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know what? That person was doing the best they could do. Mm-hmm. It didn't work for you, but that's what they knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, as we start wrapping this episode up, thank you all for the conversation. I've really enjoyed talking about a toxic workplace. (laughs) I think it's because we're not one, I hope. And so it just seems easy. It It does. does. It does. And so we'd love to hear from you, though. So if you have questions or comments uh, related to this episode, send us an email, mti at missouri.edu. And uh, we'd love to be your resource and maybe answer any questions about what you might perceive as a toxic work environment. Uh, But until the next podcast episode, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.